Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? I'm doing all right, AJ. I've recovered from my cold mostly. mostly. I watched last year's GMR Grand Prix, and uh, I've caught the newest episode of 100 Days to Indy. So lots to cover here tonight. Well, yeah, I was going to say that is great news because we're going to talk about all of that. Um <laughs> Yeah, GMR Grand Prix kicking off the month of May here in Indianapolis. Uh, my favorite time of year, personally. Um, last year was uh, quite the race. I don't know if you caught the whole thing, Tyler, but it was kind of a mess. Good uh, good classic rain race with everyone just kind of totally scrambling the entire time, which is <laughs> yeah. always a lot of fun. Um, we'll see if that happens this year. Um, but I do want to start off by, by asking you, um, from your, your perspective as a new fan, this is the first of two races on the Indianapolis motor speedway road course. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you make of that? Is that weird to you? Uh, yeah, it is a little weird that we're going, we go to this track twice and it's two different Grand Prix as a F1 fan. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's just like, why are we going back? You know, uh, I get, I get it from an IndyCar perspective, right? It's probably financing. Yeah. Um, for gosh sakes, uh, hundred days to Indy is put out by Penske Entertainment. <laughs> um, everything is Penske, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can understand it. It just, I, I think you know, in an ideal situation, you don't race the same track twice. Yes, I totally agree. And like, it hasn't been that way for that long. Um, it was 2020 that they started having two races there. I think we talked about this last episode, but um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense from a financial perspective, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I like having one road course race here in town in Indianapolis because I feel like it um, does kind of. Help. You need one for yeah. sure. One, I mean, this is your top market. You look at TV mm-hmm. ratings, attendance. This is a, Indianapolis, rightfully so, is always number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's good not only for the fans, but for the track and the series to have another race here outside of the 500. Um, but yeah, it is a little weird to have two. I yeah. think I would prefer to have it spread out a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the old-fashioned two weekends of qualifying. So I think my preference would be to to have two weekends of qualifying again um, and then moving this like with the Brickyard weekend or standalone weekend by itself um, in the middle of the summer, kind of kind of rerun the hits kind of situation. Yeah, it's it feels uh, a little a little weird. Has anyone ever won both times? <laughs> uh, um, That's a good question. I think Simon Pagenaud maybe did it or maybe yeah. Will Power. 
Um, Will Power and Simon Pagano have kind of dominated this race. Yeah, um, I, I noticed Will Power uh, when I was watching last year's, but last year's was really <laughs> that. What a fun race! I mean, oh, it was wild. Yeah, that like I I didn't know what I was signing up for when I turned that on on Peacock. Yeah, it was just like well, I I've been to the track. I knew what the track is going to be like. And then you throw <laughs> rain in there and it turns into a whole other element. Well, so I missed the race last year. I was actually moving from from Denver to Indianapolis that weekend. Um, so I was loading up my Penske truck, my my Penske yellow moving van um, <laughs> while the race was going on. So I didn't get to watch any of it last year. And um Caught up with my dad after that weekend, and he was like, "Oh man, you got to go back and watch it. You need that's maybe the best race I've ever seen." <laughs> and it lived up to. I was like not disappointed at any point watching that race last year, even though I knew the outcome. I knew Colton Herta won. Um, but to answer your question, Willpower and Simon Pagano both did the double in consecutive years. So Willpower wow. did it first in twenty eighteen. And then Simon Pagano did it again in 2019. So, well, I mean, it's been done, but it certainly could happen again. Yeah, it sounds like it's hard to do. Well, I don't know how I don't know how long they've been doing it. But uh, at some point, if people if that happens more like if they've only been doing this 10 years and that happens three times, I think you got to change it up because you're giving points to the same guys <laughs> uh, like those guys can kind of strategize. I want to be really good at running this road course. Well, um, I mean, the the thing is, it's they've run it eight times. Um, and this is not including the, the second weekend that they've now done three of. But um, the three times they've had. Or sorry, the the eight races that they've run in in May on the road course, six of them have been won by Will Power and Simon Pagano. So, <laughs> so if Will Power or Simon Pagano wins the Indy 500, it's, you know, there's a pretty good chance that they will have done the double. Yeah. Um, because this, th- this weekend is the easier half for sure. Um, mm. of the double. So I, I mean, it's hard to say whether or not it sets you off on the right path or, you uh, are kind of getting it. You're getting hot too early. It's hard to say. Yeah, I, and I, I want to say they said uh, at the top of the at the top of the programming for the show that this kind of sets the tone mm-hmm. for Indy. Uh, and I wonder, you know, how true that is because it, it you're on the same track for part of it, but you're on a it's totally different strategy. It's, it's very it feels very different i mean i guess you're in the same location maybe there's a mood maybe there's an energy going around but i, I can't I, I feel like it doesn't set the tone <laughs> I, I do think the energy is there like it's, yeah the indianapolis motor speedway is the indianapolis motor speedway when you're there and you're there for an indy car race it feels different it, anytime an indy car is on track mm-hmm. I, well anytime you're there <laughs> <laughs> continue to amend that statement anytime yeah. you're there it it feels different it's hollowed I've, ground yeah i've been to yeah. a lot of different racetracks i've been to milwaukee chicagoland mid-ohio iowa kentucky michigan i've been to all these places that are all pretty you know 
pretty well established, uh, mm-hmm. kind of iconic indie car tracks, and like they don't feel the same. There's there's a feeling you get when you go to the racetrack, and it's different from the feeling you get when you go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I've now that I live here, I've been to the museum, you know, just on random off weekends. We took Olivia's parents there to do the kiss the bricks tour, ride around in the in the little trailer and get out on the front stretch and done all that stuff. It feels different. It's it's you know, I I feel very corny um saying it, but like it's hallowed ground. It really is. You you no, I can under I can understand that. You uh and like for, for a lot of people, myself included, that's kind of your introduction. That's the yeah. first place you went. So not only is it tied to the history of the sport in general, in totality, it's also very deeply tied to like your connection to the sport. My first memories of racing are of seeing a car traveling over 200 miles an hour are at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And that that means a lot to myself and a lot of people. So even though this is like a totally different race and a totally different style of racing on a different track, it still, still kind of has that allure to me, but I don't know if that would come across to you as a new fan. I don't know if that would, you would Uh, have that same connection. It is hard for me to draw a difference. I mean, I there, I can tell, I can definitely tell the difference and I have been to Indianapolis motor speedway. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the only racetrack I've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it probably doesn't. I can't differentiate it as much as you can. Probably, yeah. When I look at Long Beach, uh, that seems like there's some history there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, like there's other parts, there's other tracks mm-hmm. that feel not as historic, but they feel like they still have something. Um, yeah. No, I mean, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Mile is older than the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people, it's the Milwaukee Mile is the oldest. I don't know if you want to say continuing, continually operating at this point because they haven't hosted like a major racing mm-hmm. series in almost 10 years, probably at this point. That IndyCar hasn't been there since 2015. Um, but a lot of these tracks do have that same history. Um, there are some like, Chicago land that's only been around since, you know, or Kentucky that have only been around for like 20 years. But mm-hmm. um, as much as I love Milwaukee and as much as I want it to be back on the schedule, it's, it's not the same. It's yeah. Not. Someone showed me the track for Milwaukee, like the actual circuit. Mm-hmm. It, it looks pretty bad. Um, yeah. I, well, <laughs> they're going to have a, a NASCAR truck race there this year. Yeah. So they're working on getting it back in shape. Um it's a cool race. It's um I've been there a couple times. That was that was my second race ever, actually. I was there in 2002 for the cart race. And um it's a very different experience, but it's a lot of fun. And it, it's such a bummer that it's not on the schedule anymore. And it's such a bummer. It used to be historically for a very, very long time. It was the week after the five hundred. Mm-hmm. So everyone after the 500 would pack jump. up, drive up to Milwaukee, and th- you would have all that momentum from the 500, um, not only for the drivers and the teams, but also the fans and everything. And it was always the next race. And 
I I've heard, I don't know how accurate it is in Milwaukee. A lot of people associate, they see the 500 and like that next weekend is race weekend. Mm-hmm. And over the years it, it lost its spot on the calendar there and everything. And with the, the split with cart being there and the IRL not being there and then IRL being there, but not on that weekend. Um, things got kind of messy and it kind of lost that allure and presence on the calendar and in people's minds. Yeah. Um, but man, we got way off topic. No, I mean, we're talking about <laughs> tracks, we're talking about indie history. I think it's on topic because this month is all leading to indie. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be on the same course, the same track in mm-hmm. a few days. So, uh, it's definitely topical, man. Yeah. Um, I'm no well, longer confused about the difference between the two, uh-huh. uh, GMR and Gallagher. Okay. Um, I understand, but I also don't understand because I think, you know, yeah, it should track a little bit better. It should be, you know, a little bit more, uh, shouldn't be racing the same place twice, ideally. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, now that that money is getting going into their pocket, I can't see that ever changing again, but yeah. It is what it is at this point. I'll take it. It's another easy race for me to get to. So, yeah, <laughs> um, we should probably talk about the actual race this weekend. Um, there is rain in the forecast. Obviously, last year it rained. It was very chaotic. Um, Tyler, do you want it to rain again? Um, You know, I was thinking about uh, there's that song praying for rain. That was in my head <laughs> earlier. I feel like I... I'll welcome it if it happens mm-hmm. um, because of last year's race being so chaotic and cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it does make it. Uh, I don't know if the best drivers win when it rains. No, you know, I agree. and and a lot of that is strategy in terms of when do I pit? When do I change tires? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do I not end up in a wall? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was borne out last year I yeah think. so but it, you know i think i still think the best driver won last year which was colton um mm-hmm. he had that sick tokyo drift yeah um <laughs> that was so cool it was that, uh, that's they need to put that in a commercial was it in yeah. the commercial they put out uh, a new commercial it might have been in there i'll have to go it, back and watch it should be a top that's like a top 10 highlight oh uh, for sure yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I, I know Townsend Bell in the he's like, I've never seen an Indy car do that. I have also never seen an Indy car do that. So <laughs> vouch for Townsend Bell. There's he was justified in his excitement for that. Yeah, it was it was damn cool, man. Um so yeah, you know, I'd be cool with it, but it, it doesn't need to rain for me to be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as long as there's some good good racing going on. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't always been the best race. I mean, you were at the Gallagher Grand Prix. Granted, it was kind of hot, and I don't know if that kind of messed with with the raceability at any point. But, yeah, it hasn't always been the most action-packed race. So, outside of kind of that first lap, first turn, almost F1 style, which that's something we should talk about is that this track was built for F1. I don't know if you knew that or not. Nope. They had no idea. They built this track to bring the U S grand Prix to Indianapolis. Has that ever happened? <laughs> yes, it did. Okay. It was, it was there from like 2000 to 2006, I think. Yeah. 
um, or maybe 2007, but it was the, I think the year before they left before the last one, there's this huge tire controversy. Cause um, at that point there were two tire suppliers in F1 mm-hmm. Bridgestone, which is essentially Firestone and Michelin. I think it was Michelin. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically Michelin didn't build it. So also this is relevant information. They used to not have the little infield section in the oval turn one. Okay. It used to be, they would do oval turn one backwards. And so it's slightly banked. It's like 8% mm-hmm. or eight degrees of banking. Um, Michelin did not build their sidewalls on their tires strong enough to accommodate that amount of banking. And most of the grid was using Michelin tires and they were having tire failures in that first turn. (laughs) And basically Michelin protested and they're like, we're not going to run this race because it's a safety hazard. All our guys are going to blow up and like their tires are going to blow in the middle of the corner. It's going to be bad. This is a safety hazard. They didn't think, Hey, we should build better tires. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they, they lined up on the grid like a normal race and everyone was like, what are they going to do? What's going to happen? And then all but three teams like pulled off before lights out. So dramatic. Parked their cars. Oh yeah. Total. <laughs> so, just, like so classic dramatic. F1 shit. <laughs> and uh, there were only six cars running for the entire race. It was like oh, Ferrari and like two kind of backmarker teams. It was wild. Um, and so, yeah, they didn't last, the race didn't last much longer after that. Yeah. Now they're down in Miami and Austin. And I don't know if you watched any of the Miami Grand Prix. I actually, I think I mostly watched memes and gifs from it. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> so, I, t- I turned it on Monday morning. I've got a whole clown little... show down there, man. Oh man. Yeah. I don't, I didn't retain anything that actually happened in the Not, race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All I can think of is DJ Khaled doing the with the <laughs> the power. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the did, tires. Did you see the greatest spectacle in motorsports? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, so, have you read up on that? The follow up. Well, I saw Mark Miles, who is I can't remember what his exact title is with IndyCar. Was not too thrilled about it. I, yeah. which I was happy to see. He seemed kind of fired up. But very, it, yeah. It seems like so LL Cool J, just to clarify, LL Cool J went out mm-hmm. there when he's announcing and called F1 the greatest spectacle in race in motorsport. And like I from my understanding, it sounds like they just sent them a letter like, hey, don't do that anymore, please. Well, yeah, they they said I, I don't know if the exact terminology was greatest spectacle in motorsports also, but it was like a hype video for the Vegas race. Oh God. And so they reached <laughs> out to him and were like, Yeah, this is not okay and they did it again so yeah well well come on indy doesn't have that much going on like i I, like not that they don't have that much going on but in terms of competition f1 is punching down oh absolutely Um, like you don't need to take that from us okay and i don't know if it's ll cool j or whatever he doesn't know what he's doing he's Mm -hmm. just there he's he's reading the teleprompter yeah yeah um but like Still, what the hell? <laughs> no, I totally agree. It's it's total bullshit. Yes. Uh, 
And if I were IndyCar, I'd be making a bigger deal about this. Well, I hope they sue the pants off of them because the thing that scares me about that, though, is that Liberty Media has essentially like bottomless pockets. Yeah. (laughs) And IndyCar does not. No. And Liberty Media could outspend IndyCar on lawyers like 100 to 1 and could just keep kicking the can down the road and nothing would ever happen. That's my one worry about it is that like they're almost so big that they can't they're like too big to fail essentially. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I can understand that. Untouchable. But so we'll see what happens. I I hope nothing would make me happier than Indy IndyCar getting a huge payday. Well, that <laughs> would be great. This. But I think well, real. I mean, it. Sh- I think it, the battle should be fought and won on social media. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's the first place you got to start. And uh, um, Tyler, <laughs> I think we need to put money our money where our mouth is, and yeah, we need we to be on should. the front lines of calling F one fans bad things online. Yeah, we got to get a hashtag going too. Where we like, should, you know, I, I'm not going to come up with it here because I, I'm not that smart. I'm not the creative, but it's coming. We will, and we will plug it at the end of every show going forward because we will not let this injustice. Well, go. let's brainstorm a little bit here. Let's we we don't need to do it right now. Well, we could we could do it right now. <laughs> well, what, you got something? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not that quick witted either. Yeah. I'm more of a behind the scenes guy. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm thoughtful. I'm thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's coming now. Yes. Um, because this is total, total BS. They need to take a back seat and they should apologize. So, uh, very publicly, I want Max Verstappen to apologize personally. I think, I think they should. I guess I don't know what I think. I, yeah, but a, a public shaming would be ideal. Yeah. Um, I think Formula One should have to promote IndyCar for, yeah, like a year. I think they should, <laughs> like, totally disregard their own. I, F1 should give IndyCar their TV contract. They should swap <laughs> TV swap. contracts. Yeah, Peacock, Jerry Reinsdorf, go crazy. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> we got this. So, uh, here, so. So they're blacking out the they're blacking it out and they're blacking out Indy 500 in uh, Indianapolis, huh? They have always blacked it out. That's been yeah. a thing for as long as I can remember. I think for as long as it's been on TV. It's going around now, though. And, like people are freaking out a little bit. They're like, oh, yeah, you know. Well, because so it wasn't blacked out in 2016 because it was a sellout. That was the hundredth running. Um, 2020, obviously, there was no attendance. So mm-hmm. that would be kind of bullshit to black it out. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't like if you can't buy a ticket yeah. to go um and then i think 2021 i think they were like okay well because it wasn't 2021 wasn't full capacity either um even though it felt like it to everyone who was actually there mm-hmm. um so they didn't black it out then and then i don't know if they did or not last year i can't remember um but i do the people who pay for peacock Mm-hmm. Like I get it. 
Yeah. You, like if you're paying for it, you should be able to watch it, which is my stance across the board for all of these ridiculous blackout policies. Like a, a, a mutual friend of ours lived in Iowa for a while um, on the MLB network or MLB TV or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Six teams are blacked out in Iowa. Iowa yeah. has zero MLB teams, but because <laughs> they're like touching these states, you can't watch. So I know Kansas City, St. Louis, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Cubs, White Sox are all blacked out in Iowa. People are paying to be able to watch baseball on TV. Yeah. Like that's, you know, you're only hurting yourself. I yes. think uh, yeah. you look at the Phoenix Suns recently and that owner, uh, the president, I guess, said, you know, we're going to put it out. We're just going to put it out on like public TV. You know, they're not trying to make money out of it. They're trying to do something for the fans. That is probably the best way to go. Good for uh, them. Because you're going to build a fan base that way. And if Indy needs anything, it's a fan base. Well, I know and- you want people to go to the race. And it's only Indy that you're blacking out, but still. Yeah. You know. Well, and this is something I wanted to get into later after we, you know, finish talking about the Grand Prix. But um, I mean, exhibit A is Formula One. Mm-hmm. They essentially gave their TV rights in the US to ESPN. And look where like they've doubled. Yeah. I was I was a little dumbass watching getting up at 5 a.m. to watch on NBC <laughs> <laughs> when F1 was on NBC Sports. And like <laughs> 400,000 people were watching those races and I was one of them in college. I was waking up at 5 a.m. in college in my dorm room like a psychopath to watch yeah. and I would still have this. I'd sit through I'd see an hour of race and an hour of commercials like every other car <laughs> fan these days and now they're just giving it away and I mean they're lucky that Mercedes stepped up and is willing to with the bill to not have commercials but yeah, when you don't have costs, you don't have commercials because you yeah. don't have to pay for anything. You you got to yeah. pay for production, but like commercials are huge. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's uh it it is weird. Uh, and I hope I, I you know I would hope that that goes away. I don't think I can't imagine you're getting that many people in the door because you're blacking out the game or the race. You know, no, and I I think in Indiana, especially Central Indiana, there's enough people that like go because they've always gone there i mean there's so many indy 500 fans that aren't indycar fans you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah like people go because they've been going forever and Mm -hmm. they go because their family went or you know their grandparents went or whatever like it's well it's like i think it's also discriminatory against people who can't make it out to the race because oh yeah medical issues or whatever you know yeah they got going on there's why there are reasonable there are reasonable excuses for not being at the Indy 500, even though you w- might live five minutes away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my counter to that, though, is that you can listen on the radio live, which is I I it's I've never done it without being at the track, mm. but listening to the radio while at the track for those of you who are going to be at your first 500 this year or first race in general listening to the radio broadcast on your scanner live while you're watching the race is like it's like galaxy brain <laughs> like you understand everything that's going on it's like that one Bradley Cooper movie where he takes the pills and like unlocks the 90 yeah, yeah, yeah. his brain it's like that cuz like 
you'll be sitting there and everyone will be like, what's happening? 2011, when J.R. Hildebrand crashed coming out of turn four and Dan Weldon passed on the front stretch and won. No one around me knew what was happening, but I was listening to the radio broadcast and I was like, Dan Weldon won. I was the only one in stand A that knew what happened. Like the, I was the only person that knew what happened in that race. And it's because I was listening to the radio. So anyway, for everyone who's going to be at the race, listen to the radio while you're there. It, it, it's really helpful. And that's my advice to any new, new fan, but it's also like very vividly described. It's like listening to yeah. baseball. Yeah. On the radio. Like, well, a it's good, a, very... a good baseball play yeah. by play guy and car guy. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and, and the IndyCar radio guys are great. Um, it's, but yeah, it's like listening to Pat Hughes. On yeah. The radio. It's, it's, it's a good experience. Yeah. And it's then, not, it's not like you don't have anything, but still, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you know, you can put it on blast it while you're out in the yard, grilling some burgers and some dogs, you know, yeah, man. It, it can be an experience, it's a good but weekend. I do, I do get it for people who like, can't go. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who can't, um, it does suck. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hope, uh, I hope it's another sellout, man. I hope, uh, maybe, maybe you never know. Um, I did see something that said they're not probably not going to get there this year, but, um, if like trends continue, they could be in that territory next year. I did see parking sold out, which, um, I'm sure there's plenty of people who go and park and party the night before and don't actually make it in, but, um, yeah, I mean that they're on a good trend attendance wise, so. We'll see. Hopefully people can sell it out so we can get that blackout lifted. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, so uh, in terms of next weekend, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we keep getting a little off off track here. It's still all of this is on topic because it's it's topical. It's related. Mm-hmm. This whole month is indie. Expect us to go on tangents. OK, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're here to discuss IndyCar racing and. Probably the Indy 500 for most of this month. Yeah. So that's what get, we're all thinking about. Yeah. That's what we're all thinking about. <laughs> um, so in terms of GMR Grand Prix, mm-hmm. you know, I do I think Colin Hurd is going to win again? Probably not. Uh, I think probably Pato. Uh, he, you know, he was fast last year. He's been fast all this year. Um, is is that your official prediction? I think that's my official prediction. Yeah. Okay, well we'll take we'll 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 jot that one down. Um, yeah. I would not be surprised if Colton won again. I think Pato's a good pick. I mean, McLaren's been fast all year, but mm-hmm. I mean, is there any particular reason why you think Pato will win? He had a spotlight in the uh, 100 Days to Indy, and uh, you know uh, I, the 100 Days to Indy bump. Yeah, I feel like there's a little like he. I think he was really one of the main focuses if not the main focus of that last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by the time you're listening to this, the new episode's probably already out, but uh, the second episode is what I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I I think it'll get a little bit of bump from that. And uh, yeah, I just think he's due, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, like I said, they've been fast all year. Um, I'm not... I don't know. Everyone seems to be, I can't remember if we've talked about this on here or not, or if we talked about it offline, but um, I don't know. I love Pato. I think he's great for the series. Um, 
I'm not sure if he's like worth the hype yet. No, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Everyone's kind of acting like he's a championship threat and like he's one of the top, you know, two or three drivers in the series. And I, I'm not totally sure yet. I mean, he finished what seventh in the championship last year. Um, he's only won four races, which is just as many as Marcus Erickson and Scott McLaughlin, those guys. Um, I don't think he's in that willpower, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow territory yet. Mm. Um, but I feel like people are talking about him like that. And well, I, he's I, young. I don't, I don't get it. You know, he's young and he's succeeding. Yep. Deck Brown clearly thinks that he's, you know, talented. He brought him out to, was it Miami that he brought him out to? I can't remember. Um, I think he was in Mexico last year, Brazil. My, I think he, but he was recently. He was uh, at an F one race, just oh, sitting, was he? yeah, just watching. Um, Maybe it wasn't Miami then. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I just, I feel like he's hungry. Uh, yeah, you know, I could see Grosjean doing well. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> but because uh, he, I think he was doing he. I, I got a discount last race because last race was just so messed up, but I think he was doing well before the rain really started coming down. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was, I think it was on pole. He was on pole, um, in, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I mean, he's been fast all year. He was fast at Barber. He was on pole at Barber and he was on pole at, at St. Pete. Like he's been fast. I mean, he was up there in, Finished runner up in um, Long Beach. Barber this year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wasn't like, that uh Rosenquist? On pole? Yeah. At Barber? Oh wait, not Barber. Sorry, Texas. Um yeah, Rosenquist yeah. was on pole at Texas. Yeah. Um, but he was on pole at St. Pete and and Barber. Yeah. Um, I got a there's a whole chart in my head as a new fan. Yeah. Barber, Alabama, you know, I got a <laughs> yeah. conversion translate. table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With, with the little sliding pieces with the <laughs> yeah. little windows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It takes a second for my brains or to figure this all out. Yeah. Yeah. I think Grosjean, I mean, he's I'm I'm gonna just go ahead and pick him for this week. Yeah. I, I hate to do it, but I'm gonna <laughs> pick him. I think Okay, well who does he who does he run off the track then? Um, because that's going to happen. It's got to be someone he's paying back. So like, it's going to be McLaughlin or new garden. I think. Yeah. Cause new garden last year in Nashville kind of put Grosjean in the fence. Yeah. Um, in a very aggressive move, but like Grosjean deserved it in my opinion. <laughs> he had it coming. So he's a wild man, dude. He's a wild man. Uh, he is. Yeah. So he can be out of control at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of good. I kind of like that. <laughs> Again, I hate to admit it, but yeah, you need I guys think you, like that. Yeah, you do need guys like that. I will give them that. I'll give them that. But <laughs> who who else do you think like needs a good a good showing this week? Well, I, I would love for Rosenquist to actually, you know, mm-hmm. get some decent points. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm rooting for that guy. Uh, Pagano showing up would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calum Eilat would be cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I think those would be my three guys that I'm really hoping for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys at the back of the pack who I'm like, 
you know, just finish too. Like, you know, yeah. if Stingray Rob finishes, that's awesome. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs, got, a, he needs a good week for sure. Yeah. I, I don't care if he got to like, you know, get out and push the car, just finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. He needs a good week. Connor Daly is another guy that needs a good week. I love Connor Daly. He needs to show up. He had a good year last year. He finished top five last year here. He, I, I don't know how you can justify keeping him in that seat if he can't show up every once in well, a while. Well, he, he brings the money, right? That's what I you think said. he does. I think he does. But uh, is it worth it? What are we doing here? You know? Yeah, if you're going to finish 24th every week, is it worth it if he brings the money? Like, I would rather yeah. not show up than finish yeah. like DFL every week. Yeah. It's like Bowser is an option in Mario Kart, but like no one picks Bowser <laughs> normally. Some people, may, maybe there's Bowser mains out there, but I love how your entire like your context for all racing is the Mario Kart. <laughs> I played a ton of Mario Kart growing up, man. It's a good uh, frame of reference. It's a good and frame I, of reference. I mean, I played Grant Trisbell too, but it was Mario Kart was just so much, it's more burned in my skull. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I can always relate to racing through that at least even if it's totally not applicable at all um but yeah yeah connor daly needs he needs a good run i mean so does renus renus hasn't done anything this year yeah He's... yeah i had i had a dream about renus man oh um, right yeah we need to yeah. talk about this i don't i i'm having trouble remembering it but you know he was like signing stuff for fans like behind a fence or something and i was there and he just like he looked at me and he was like why are you even here why are you here <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, it was really, but I mean, I was, and I was just like in awe. I was like, that's Renus VK. And like, you know, I don't really, I'm not going to, I don't really care about Renus VK. If he said that to me in real life, I don't know if I'd be like oh, offended or not. But <laughs> I was going to ask, does this change your opinion of him? No, no. I mean, if he starts winning, maybe, but. Uh... <laughs> okay. Like, well, maybe, maybe it was a, a premonition. Yeah. Maybe it was a sign of things to come. Renus VK starts getting podiums. I'll uh, I'll start getting worried. Um, well, I think you should take some credit if he's maybe if this turns the tides for Renus VK and Ed Carpenter Racing. I think that's all. Uh, that's your responsibility. That's on you. You made that happen. Sounds a little manic to me, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit. But yeah, but uh, in, in terms of you know, you said New Garden. You think he's going to be hot? I. I got to bring it up because I was a little confused. Newgarden in last year's race, he, uh, I think he just kind of spun out. He kind of, I don't think he got touched. Uh, uh, like, he did. Are, he did he get got, touched. Yeah, it was him and Rossi and Jack Harvey. And I think him and Jack Harvey made contact. Okay. And he went out into the grass and uh -huh. then kind of slowly made his way back on the track and got stuck. Mm -hmm. Um. And then he got out of the car and then they towed the car back to the pit lane and fixed it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And did he ever re-enter the race? Yeah, he was back out there for sure. Why? Like, he's got to be down like so many laps after that. Is he just doing it for track time? Like, Oh, well, track time and, and data. Like, you collect yeah. that data while you're out there. So I'm sure he essentially used it as like a practice or a test session, yeah. especially with the second race there later that year. I mean, that's pretty valuable track time if you can get it, you know. It's just weird that they allow that, you know. 
Um, um, I think typically, like as long as you're not in anyone's way, like mm-hmm. you have every right to be out there. You're you made the race. You're in the race. Um, as long as you're there's a threshold for like this the speed. I think it's 107. percent If you're not within that threshold, then they can tell you you got to park the car. Okay. Um, I think the issue with New Garden last year was that if I am remembering correctly, because I did rewatch it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of his rear tires were flat. And so they yeah. couldn't just tow him back to the pits. And so they had to actually like put on the flatbed or whatever um, to get it back. So that's why like normally they would have just towed him into the pits. He would have thrown two new tires on. He would have been like a lap or two down. Yeah. Um, and so even then, like, I mean, if you're only a lap or two down, you can still get back on the lead lap if things go your way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, even when you're like 10 laps down, I think there's still like some value to being out on track, even for a guy like Joseph Newgarden, who like doesn't need the seat time, you know? I see the value in it. I just wonder what happens or if it's ever happened, if someone has, you know, basically trashed their race and then they go and they get fixed and they come out and then they, you know, uh, trash someone else's race. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) that has happened. I'm 100% sure that it's like point, but apparently it doesn't happen enough to where it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, it was IndyCar wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the time, I mean, if you're out there and you're just running test laps, like practice laps, essentially you, you will get out of the way. If cars that are, on the lead lap or are, you know, in a battle for the lead or whatever. Like if it's Mm -hmm. consequential, I think most of the time they just get out of the way. They either come in and pit for, you know, new tires or whatever, or like just even run, run into the warm up lane and just do a pass through the pits or whatever. Like I think they tend to be pretty, uh, pretty courteous. Yeah. So that that's interesting because I feel like in F1, you don't get that. Like you'll have, uh, you'll have teams who are, you know, feeder mm-hmm. teams for other teams. And then, uh, they'll crash into other people seemingly on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, even though they're not being competitive at all. Well, I uh, mean, to be completely honest, do we need 18 of the 20 cars on track at an F1 race? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. I feel it like maybe a couple of years ago. It was, uh, very competitive, but uh, uh, well, actually, maybe <laughs> well, then not. it would have been 16 of the 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Get it out, AJ. <laughs> no, that's that's all I'm gonna say. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. No, I understand where you come from. That's part of the reason why I'm digging IndyCar so much, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead changes, uh, it's fun, it's it, yeah, fun. it's definitely keeping my interest more in F1. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year yeah for sure um yeah i i normally stay like peripherally aware of what's going on f1 i have like totally checked out yeah. i have, like i like see the results basically and that's about it yeah i checked the results uh I, I've, I've watched a few races this year i went to the f1 bar in chicago um and you know i could caught uh what did i catch there bahrain mm-hmm. uh and you know it's still fun still racing uh yeah but it's not, I'm not invested, Uh, you know. (laughs) I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. to watch an F1 race. There's no way that's happening this year. Yeah. Um, So, 
Uh, that pretty much covers any questions I had, I think, in terms of last year's race. If you haven't watched it, go uh, back. Yeah. If you're like me and you're a newbie, this was one of them where I went back. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is great. Yeah. Dude, this, like, yeah, that was one of those races where I was like, this is one that, you know, people on the IndyCar subreddit should be recommending, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's a classic. Yeah. I was into it. Yeah. So, what'd you think of uh, 100 Days to Indy, man? I thought it was good. I thought it was, uh, I enjoyed it more, a little more than the first episode. Um, I, I enjoyed that. It wasn't so heavy on one team. Um, and it, it, it was interesting seeing, uh, uh, Pato's home life. Yeah. Um, it was not at all what I expected. Um, I also want to know if it's just, uh, a, uh, a matter of the exchange rate. Or if Pato's family is like rolling in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a bit of both. I would probably, think. um, you know, like people always talk about like, uh, like dry, like racing, like drivers is coming from like, Oh, humble roots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much of that is true because you look at, cause people always point at Lewis Hamilton uh-huh. for that. And I don't, I don't know what is Hamilton's life and someone can totally correct me on this, but if your parents are spending every day at the track, it's an expensive hobby. Oh yeah. It's like kids who play hockey, like hockey. It's not like inaccessible, uh-huh. but you kind of got to be okay to do it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's the you know? same with golf. Like golf yeah. is the exact same way. I mean, I feel like golf and racing are like close to the same level, yeah. but racing is so far above every other sport in my opinion Yeah, exactly where equipment makes such a big deal mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't there's a um have we talked about this before that like if you want to make a small fortune in racing start with a big fortune no <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a I, phrase <laughs> yeah i can't remember who it, is. it might be like paul newman or someone it's like from back yeah. in the day but I mean, it's pretty accurate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Money's a big deal. I, I feel like the from humble roots kind of thing is like more a NASCAR. I could see that thing. I could see that. Um, um, Lewis Hamilton. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about him. I feel like part of that might be like. Lewis Hamilton has had his. He hasn't had a super easy life. <laughs> oh, sure. no. But like still, uh, let's not, you know, make mountains out of molehills yeah. in terms of finances uh or like even michael schumacher people be like oh michael schumacher was you know racing on the old tires the old cart tires that people yeah. like you know threw in the trash and it's like maybe he was but like maybe he also had like the best cart on the track it was just the tires that he was <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. uh i don't know uh either way you gotta have you gotta have something to get into it um yeah. Probably, uh, yeah. Oh, for so, sure. So, so paddle, yeah. Paddle, paddle is probably like a normal, normal terms of of uh, affluence in in racing. I would think. Yeah, but money goes a little bit further in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I thought seeing his home life was interesting. Seems like he might be an only child. Um. Oh, his sister. Oh, he has a sister. Okay. Yeah, that was that. it. Was his mom and his sister? All right. Well, he was just hanging out with his cousins a lot. Uh, normally, people who do that, it's probably a different thing in different cultures. But 
Did you um, think his sister was his girlfriend? You know, I just didn't really. I wasn't paying attention. You I miss, knew you I missed the like, title card. Yeah, I maybe mean, it was aunt or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. But you know, uh, I think it. You know, it didn't make me like respect him any more or less. Yeah. It, it it was nice to get a little insight into like where he's coming from. It was cool. They went to like he had this whole story about the track that he was at when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh he's driving his little cousin around and stuff, complaining yes. about the guy honking his horn and stuff. Like that. I like that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, you know, Pato, he was he was the focus for this episode. I feel like they kind of shoehorned Grosjean in there a little bit early yes. on. Um, didn't really give him time of day and Colton Herta. Um, oh, absolutely. And Herta, like, this made me like hurt even more because yeah. he's jogging with the like headphones that you get from your old iPhone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give you the old anymore. wired headphones. Yeah. yeah. He's got the mattress on the floor in his brand new house that he just bought, probably. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's doing all right, but. Colton Herta, I, yeah, this made me appreciate Colton Herta more. I do feel like they could have, as someone who knows the series and is very familiar with it, I think they could have um, made a bigger deal or put a more of an emphasis on the Colton Herta Pato Award dynamic because they were kind of, they, they were fighting for. Um, well, they were on the same team in Indy Lights. They both drove for Andretti in Indy Lights, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, that would have been nice to know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, maybe that's what they were trying to do, but it got lost in the edit. <laughs> maybe. Well, in, in Pato beat Herta in the Indy yeah. Lights championship that year. And they came up, moved on to IndyCar, and Colton got a full time ride, and Pato didn't. Yeah. And Pato, there was a whole nother thing where he was like in the Red Bull Driver Academy development program or whatever. And he went and did Super Formula and just things didn't pan out. And it was kind of a wild ride. Um, but they were kind of like the two young, you know, like, yeah, up and comers, young hotshots. And they kind of still are. They're still like, winning races. And, it's an interesting dynamic between the two of them because they are kind of the same class, you know, mm-hmm. like you think about some of those NFL draft classes with like Eli Manning and Philip mm-hmm. rivers and, you know, all those guys, Aaron Rodgers. That, yeah. The ones people look back at, they're like, wow, yeah. that's where the talent was. Yeah. Um, ben Roth, like Ben Roethlisberger too. Like I'm pretty sure they were all in the same draft class. And this is kind of the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. You had these two guys who were maybe if they weren't racing against each other would have been like generational talents Mm -hmm. um, with no equivalent. And they immediately came up and started winning races within a couple of years, which doesn't happen very often. You look at a guy like Joseph Newgarden, it took him like three or four years before he actually won a race. Yeah. Um, Granted that he had a different opportunity than Pato and, and Colton Herta immediately getting called up to the big teams, but do you think yeah, I think they could have played into that more. Do you think Herta I, I wish they had gone into Colton and Brian Herta's relationship 
that that's a story that needs to be told um especially with the shift in strategy uh with Kyle Kirkwood yeah um but I I don't know why they didn't do that I have a feeling they're they're really cramped on time uh and yeah. the edit is not coming together the way it should be uh that is my hope I hope that the footage is out there and that maybe in the back end of this they can put something together yeah um, like a director's cut or something or even a whole new like you know yeah. recap episode or something yeah uh i did like that they talked to mario andretti mm-hmm. uh, and, and he was kind of giving you the history of the 500 mm-hmm. i think that could have been done better yeah um yeah but, it was very brief yeah it was just like it's historic yeah <laughs> uh move on yeah but, they they definitely need more than six episodes i think to like yeah i mean what's drive to for Wow. <laughs> What's Drive to Survive? Is it 10 episodes or is it eight? I think it's eight episodes. Okay. Uh, and they... Those they are a full hour though, right? They're full hour and they're pacing. It, I, I have problems with their pacing too. Because like the first couple, they'll stick to one race mm-hmm. and then they'll cover like four races. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's hard as... It's probably really hard for them as as a crew oh, yeah. to figure out how to put this together in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure like they didn't the whole crew didn't travel to Mexico and get like 10 minutes yeah. of footage. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? it, it was probably like a producer and a camera guy. Yeah. And maybe like an assistant director or something. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. So I but I'm sure they there's way more than what they were able to put out. Um I I do hope this isn't the end of Colton Herta. I hope we see more because I think he's one of the more compelling people out there and one of the more recognizable names at this point, especially with the F1 crowd, because mm-hmm. there was so much talk about him maybe moving over and Andretti moving over and all that stuff. But I think it would be a huge missed opportunity to not have a almost full episode like Pato got yeah. where he's the focus. We'll see if that happens. I do think you're right about the Brian Hurd Brian Herta stuff. Um, especially with Colton moving into his into his new house. Um, is Brian Herta an empty nester? Is that what this is? Like, did Brian Herta turn Colton Herta's bedroom into a home gym? <laughs> That's what yeah. I want to know. That's what yeah. I'm itching is a is a lifelong fan. I want to know if <laughs> Brian Herta is leaning into the, the maybe, empty nester lifestyle. Maybe he is, man. Um I I am also interested in learning more about Colton Herta. You know, well, I'm I'm really interested in learning a lot about all these guys, mm-hmm. particularly the young guys with up and coming talent because there's more sticking power there. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, Simon Pagano. You know, do I need to know more about him? Probably no. not. <laughs> but it, you know, you can be like, here's his impact on racing. Uh, yeah. That, but that's a different thing. You know, this should be mm-hmm. about the future of IndyCar. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially think, if they're trying to do this next year. Yeah. Well, I think there's two. Well, we'll see if there's a next year because apparently, apparently Vice is like on the verge of bankruptcy. So, uh, I mean, they might be able to make it happen, but it might be with a different uh, yeah. media partner. So we'll see. But um, the two older guys, I think that would be interesting to hear from would be Tony Kanaan, especially because it's kind of his last, this is 
his last 500. It's been his last 500 for like three years, but um, hope hopefully this isn't a, you know, Charlie's finally going to kick the football situation here, but I think mm-hmm. this is actually his last one. Yeah. So it, for a guy that was so good at Indianapolis for so long, um, I was actually rewatching the 2009 race the other day, just on YouTube. It's that time of year. I just start watching old races just compulsively. Any f- spare second I get, I'm watching an old race right now. But um, they were talking about how he led like seven, like his first seven races there. Yeah, um, crazy. And he only he only won one five hundred. He won in 2013, and like he was leading his rookie and just had his had bad luck. It's kind of like a Mario Andretti situation where he was one of the best to ever do it there and only came away with one win. Um. So I think it'd be really interesting to talk to him about all of that. And also that this is his, this is probably his last time and what that means to him. And I think that would be a great way to put the, the history of the 500 and the importance of the 500 into context, especially for these drivers, Mm. because it is so dangerous. And so such like such a feat to win the 500 and how hard it actually is. Um, I think that he would probably be the guy I would. Pick. Yeah. And if you don't see it in a hundred days to Indy, I think that's something you'll see in like the programming leading up to Indy, you know, yeah. someone's going to sit him down and be like, you know, mm-hmm. camera with the view over your shoulder. Yeah. With Tony there. <laughs> yeah. 2020 style. Um, so, you know, I think you're going to get that in some form. It, it'd be cool if it's in 100 Days to Indy so that we, yeah. you know, the people following that show, uh, casuals like myself, mm-hmm. uh, would understand a little bit better a little bit earlier, you know, mm-hmm. instead of like looking at Tony Kanan's Wikipedia page <laughs> 10 minutes before the race starts. Uh, yes. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh I think that's something I want out of the rest of this. I think I just hope that they are shooting more of this mm-hmm. than we're seeing and we're gonna see more later. Yeah. And I do want them to ask better questions. Uh yeah. Because I think some of the it's it feels like the questions are leading the answers. Um, you know, like there's a lot of shots with the wives or with with the significant others or the families, and they're like, I can just imagine someone behind the camera. How do you feel right now about this? And they're like, I'm so worried. Uh, that just drives me nuts. Uh, you know, but he's doing it. <laughs> and it's like, well, these are humans. You know, they have other emotions. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, I get that. I mean, as a journalist myself, I do like you are kind of you're always kind of asking leading questions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're never you're never asking a question where you have no clue what the answer is. Like you kind of have a feeling. So, and it it makes it easier to plan ahead and be able to know what kind of story you're trying to tell. Yeah, well, that that doesn't necessarily make for great TV, I guess. No, um, no, that's true. <laughs> because like I felt like some of, some of the stuff I was seeing, I'm like, well, yeah, I could have told you that. That's like a normal human response. Yeah. Um, well, the, see, the thing though, I like 
a lot of people see racing as just like, oh, you're in a car, you're turning left kind of thing, especially in America. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't yeah. think people fully grasp the like, I mean, how, how did you feel the first time you saw a car on track? Did you feel like you could tell how fast they were going? Were you surprised by how fast they were going? Granted, we were sitting right in the braking zone, so they weren't going as fast as like. Um, yeah, in person, possible, but in person, I definitely could tell, I think. Uh, I felt, I mean, I knew they were going fast because mm-hmm. you got to turn your head so quick. Yeah. Uh, like I remember at the end of the day, I was like, oh man, got to ice this thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I knew they were going fast, you know, in the braking zone at turn one, uh, which is where we were sitting. Yeah. I mean, you could tell they're going like, still, they're going like probably what? 60 miles an hour into that turn. Oh, they're um, going faster than that. See, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really know, but I knew they were going fast in the turn. Uh, it, they're on pit road. Yeah. This, the pit road speed limiter, that's 60 miles an hour. Okay. So they're probably going like 120. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the straight there for like for the GMR at the end of the front stretch there, um, they're doing probably almost 200, I would think. Yeah. And then they're probably going down to like, Maybe at the apex or like turn in, they're maybe not quite two hundred. Yeah, no. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like when they hit, when they get on the brakes, they're doing two hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Um, and then like on the oval, the trap speeds into like turn three, they're going another fifty miles an hour faster than that. Yeah. So and like you can tell the difference. Yeah. Well, I'll figure that out in a week. Yeah, you will. Um, <laughs> you will. So, you know, I, uh, yeah, you know, in terms of 100 Days to Indy, I think uh, the show's going in the right direction. I want more, I guess. That's my only complaint. Yeah. Uh, other than editing is weird and questions should probably be a little, in my opinion, I think they need to be a little bit more open ended. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel like, I want to see these people as they are. Yeah. Well, um, my point with, with bringing that up though, was that like, I mean, the show is not for me. Like it's not made to appeal to me or like to teach me anything. And like, to some degree at you, you, at this point, it's not really to teach you anything either. Um, so that like them being like, Oh my God, it's like nerve wracking. Like we, yeah, yeah, I get it. You get it for someone who's never, watched any car race before like i feel like that might be something that would be new to them yeah yeah um so th- so that was kind of my point with bringing that up is that like well when, when if I it's do make... obvious to us it might not necessarily be obvious to everyone else that's fair that is fair i'm coming at it from a drive to survive comparison mm-hmm. where that same thing happens over there yeah so like when they cut to the families, I'm just like, here we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I feel like it wasn't uh, unique. Yeah, I do feel like there's much less of an I, I mean, I haven't watched Drive to Survive in a while, but I do feel like there's much less emphasis on the families. Is that am I remembering that correctly? Or Yeah, you're totally right in that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of here and there. Um, if anything, they show the team managers. Families yeah. <laughs> more than more than the rate more than the drivers. Uh, 
I think that's a good segue to talk about Gunther Steiner's comments. Yeah, man. This week. What? I can't even remember. I remember reading it and texting you about how mad, like he's a traitor. Um, he wants, he, I know the gist of it. He wanted F1 to be the dominant motorsport in the U S and he's talking about killing off IndyCar, um, basically. Yeah. Which it's just like, so uh, all, all, yeah. uh, Basically, he said, when looking at the ratings, NASCAR is still number one. Well, not basically. This is a direct quote. (laughs) When looking at the ratings, NASCAR is still number one at the moment, but IndyCar is falling behind. If we continue to do a good job, F1 can become the dominant motorsport discipline in the United States. Yeah. Screw that, man. F1 has three races here. It is never going to be the most dominant motorsport here. No, absolutely. I yeah. You have to be filthy rich to get to those races. Yes. Uh, well, maybe not filthy rich, but you, most of the time you do. <laughs> You're not going to have the same experience with IndyCar. No. Uh, so I feel like that is totally like, I guess he's talking about viewership. Um, and I like Gunther a lot. I think a lot of Drive to Survive fans do because he has like that no barrier. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he is who he he's is. He's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And Haas being the American team, uh, you know. And Haas is also part owner. Like Gene Haas is also part owner of Stuart Haas, like the NASCAR <laughs> yeah. team. So, yeah, feels a little interesting there. The interesting dynamic, I'm sure. But yeah, Gunther can Gunther can check himself. He should, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You, you know, you're you're a European dude. Uh, that's fine. I got no problem with European people. But when you come over here and you start trying to tell us that you're going to dominate our audience, I'm going to get it upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I, so I'm pretty sure he actually like worked in NASCAR for a while. So I'm pretty sure, um, what was he like changing tires? See the carjack? Um, so, Red Bull had a, a NASCAR team for a little while for like, I don't know, five or six years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gunther Steiner like <laughs> was essentially running that team in NASCAR. Yeah. So it's kind of surprising to hear him say that. Um, I mean, granted, NASCAR has had a tough couple of years, but you look at the TV ratings for this week and um, I mean, granted, F1 had a great, you know, like in terms of season long ratings for F1 races, like it it did well for U.S. ratings, um, mm-hmm. but they were on cable. They were on or sorry, they were like over there on broadcast television. Yeah, um, it's easier to like <laughs> it is just easier to turn on ESPN than it is to go to Peacock or I mean I I when I watch IndyCar, well not I even ESPN on... ABC like there you go <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa with their rabbit ears on their TV can get ABC yeah and NASCAR was on FS1 they were on cable which is historically always worse for TV ratings and TV mm-hmm. viewership because one you need to have that channel and pay for it and also need to be able to find it. And NASCAR still beat them, and their numbers were actually up compared to this week last year. So it's just kind of funny that of all weeks for him to say that, that it turned out that way. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I and I like Gunther. It's just what the heck, man. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, part of what appeals, like you said, like he has no filter. That's part. That is, what part, that is part yeah. of his appeal. So, like, <laughs> you, you take the the good with the bad. I yeah, guess. you do. You do. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, for the record, will, he's very wrong. It, yeah, it will never be. It probably will be. Actually, I think it will be the most dominant. Like, it'll be the most viewed. I think. I think it hit that. I um, I don't think you, as someone who doesn't really watch any NASCAR or like. Yeah. No, NASCAR is huge. Um. NASCAR has like a daily cable show. Yeah. Like they fill up an hour of TV every day of the week talking about NASCAR on cable. And like that wouldn't exist if people weren't watching it and Mm -hmm. advertisers weren't paying to advertise on that show. And like I cannot imagine any like ESPN having an hour long show covering Formula One every single day of the week. No. No, never gonna happen. Yeah, um, that is true. When you put it like that, I can understand that because I, I I talk to a lot of people in my life, and there are NASCAR fans out there that I talk to, and they exist. Mm-hmm. The F one fans that I talk to, you know, there's less than ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Well, there there's so much. I mean, NASCAR was so big in the United States for a while there that like. You couldn't, you couldn't avoid it. You know, it was sure. Like, I mean, everyone knows Jeff Gordon. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I feel like you could pull nine out of 10 people off the street and they would know who Dale Earnhardt is. Yeah. You know, like culturally, I mean, it's the same thing with like Mario Andretti. A lot of people know who Mario Andretti is. They probably think Mario Andretti was a NASCAR driver. Yep. Like nine times out of 10, you talk to people about the Indy 500. They're like, oh, is that a NASCAR race? Like, yeah, I know NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's, I'm not going to say never that that Formula One will never be the most popular, but as long as, like, NASCAR is 36 races a year in the U.S. Yeah. That's bonkers. Three. Yeah. Maybe it's 32. Either way, it's in the 30s. Yeah. It's yeah, it's every week from February to November. There's an NASCAR race on TV. Yeah. So like and if if you're getting double the amount of people watching every single one of those races as the like double the number of people watching the 3 F1 races in like US time zones. Like you got a long way to go, buddy. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's an uphill climb yeah for sure. plus uh, are, are we if we could track people's eyeballs mm-hmm. you know people at miami even though tickets were great you know sold out and stuff like that they weren't mm-hmm. watching that race they were on their phone yeah dj Khaled <laughs> isn't really curious yeah. <laughs> you know how max is or checo is gonna win yeah um yeah it's just like it's just a party that's what yeah. Miami is. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, as Americans at least. Yeah. Uh probably probably around the world. Um yeah. <laughs> but well, uh there have been so many periods where like various sports have been like the next big thing. Like Oh yeah. Remember indoor lacrosse? Yep. Yeah. That was a there, thing here. There's a Chicago team. Yeah. The Chicago Shamrocks. I still remember them. <laughs> 
I, I don't think it ever reached F1 level. Uh, no, no. But, but I mean, like, it was, like, especially college lacrosse. That's yeah. one of my, I associate it with the 500, actually, because they would have the national championship was always Memorial Day weekend. They would play mm-hmm. it at Gillette Stadium in in Massachusetts where the Patriots play. Yeah. And... No, yeah, it's always I like Johns that. Hopkins, North Carolina, and Duke or whatever, and like it kind of, it got kind of big. There was like a little, it was growing. I mean, same thing with MLS. Like people have been saying the MLS is like gonna blow up, yeah. And here we are, fifteen years later, and now it's yeah. Like, I mean, I've still been a to, niche sport. I still like MLS. Uh, oh yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it is not blowing up. No, anytime soon. No. Um, yeah, it's even. We've tried. We've tried bringing all you really good European footballers over <laughs> and it got me out. I mean, <laughs> that's when I started going to some games, but uh, it's, it wasn't getting my friends out. So, <laughs> well, yeah. And yeah, like it, it had its moment. I think F1 is having its moment right now. That moment is not going to last forever by definition. We'll see <laughs> that we'll moment see. is not going to last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there any other news? I know uh, there was some talk about the Indy 500 pace car getting yeah. set. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's another Corvette. Shocker. You, you probably have no context for this. It's been a Corvette or a Camaro for like the last 15 years, it feels like. Yeah. Probably longer than that. Um, But uh, d- does that do anything for you? Uh, well, I see Corvettes, uh, you know, around, uh, some, some specialty ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, this guy I know has one of the, he, he's got some crazy one, uh, mm-hmm. but he's modded out and stuff. Corvettes are cool. Um, is it, uh, you know, it's not my favorite car. Yeah. Ironically, Pato was driving my favorite car in the, in, uh, Oh, the Shelby Cobra. In, yeah. Yeah. That's that's my favorite car. I would love to see that. Uh, but, you know, I think that's kind of a different. <laughs> <laughs> it's more historic. Uh, yeah. 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 I yeah. I don't know. It's I I would much rather it be a Corvette than a Camaro. Um, well, the Camaro doesn't make sense. That's more of like a muscle car. Uh, well, but they've had the Camaro. It's been, it hasn't been as often as, um, as the Corvette, especially lately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been the, the last time it was the Camaro was 2016. Okay. Um, and it's been a Corvette every year since, um, it was kind of cool. What like for, you know, with the new C8 Corvette, like that was kind of cool, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to. This will be my 18th 500 and like, I think like 14 <laughs> of them have been Corvettes. So yeah. I'm kind of like over it. I wish they would do something different, but I think IMS has a partnership with Chevrolet. Like, I think it's okay. like a sponsorship deal. Well, but, you could do other stuff, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of other Chevy cars that are cool. Uh, nowadays, there are no. Cars, car, American cars these days just don't have the uh, pizzazz they used to, mm-hmm. um, and that's a real shame. Uh, but the Corvette, out of all the ones that Chevy has, Corvette's probably the, it's probably the coolest one you're gonna get. Yeah. So yeah, out of American cars for sure. 
Yeah. Um, so, so my, my first Indy 500 was in 2003. Mm-hmm. I want you to take a stab at what the pace car was that year. It was a Chevrolet. Yep. Huh. Um, wow. I mean, the names have all changed. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I'm not good at like, you know, memory. Uh, in general, probably pretty bad at trivia. Um, You're probably not even going to remember this car. Okay. It was in production for three years. Okay, I'm definitely not going to get it. <laughs> the Chevrolet SSR. Okay. I mean, I'm aware of what that is. It's just, uh, yeah, would not have come to mind. Yep. Yeah. That was the last yeah. interesting one also. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> There was a lot of cool cars coming out around like the early 2000s, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and like, they were still doing some interesting stuff for trying to at least. Yeah. Yeah. Now we just get different versions of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Well, so since then, so 13 of the 500s I've been to, I guess 12, not counting 2020. So like two thirds of the races I've been to. It's been a Corvette. This that makes sense. Car. Yeah. And the other, it the others are Camaros. <laughs> <laughs> and the one Chevy SSR. I mean, Camaros are cool too, but yeah, not the right Corvette out of all those cars. I mean, the SSR is cool. The Corvette makes sense at least to yeah. me. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's gotta be a Chevy, but like I, I feel like it's such an, a missed opportunity like for just random car people to get their eyeballs on the race. Like you could do something cool. You could do something interesting and different And like a Corvette's not going to do anything for anyone. Like no one's no one's going to hear that and think like, oh, yeah, let me, you know, look into looking to get in a Corvette because yeah. that's what they drive. Yeah, like if you uh, want a Corvette, you've wanted a Corvette forever. Probably, but it is an iconic car, you know. It is. Um, so I don't want to give that up. I don't know. I just wish they would do something different. There's yeah, a cool might. old, um, I think it was 79. They had a uh, Fox Body Mustang. And they always do like, um, they make a ton of them. And they, you know, they get out. People buy them and sell them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that might be my dream car is the '79 Ford Fox Body Ford Mustang. People have called me crazy for this, <laughs> but it's got like the checkered flag inserts on the seats and yeah, yeah. Well, people, cool. I I like Gremlins, so people give me crap for that. Um, I, uh, now is, a, is the Gremlin gonna be a pace car? No, but it's cool and i have certain memories associated with gremlins <laughs> you know what i if if there was a gremlin pace car or a gremlin equivalent like today's gremlin equivalent if they if they had a hyundai accent as the pace car <laughs> i would be into that you want me to i got one i can get out there uh do it granted i'll need we're gonna need to change the engine out but uh I'm gonna call up doug bowles and see what i can do yeah doug bowles doug bowles yeah. is yeah. the president That's of right. ims yeah I almost thought you were saying Doug Bolt, the pod <laughs> racer from episode one, Phantom Menace, Doug Bolt. Uh, well, maybe I'll no. call him up too and see what he can do. 
Yeah, well, he, you know, I think is, I think he crashed. And, oh, uh, he might be, might be canonically dead. Okay. Um, well, sorry I brought it up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's no sweat off my back. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, anything else? I mean, there was a Marshall Pruitt had a report up on racer.com recently about um, ticket sales at Iowa and Detroit that, you know, things are looking good, which I was happy to see um, is someone who declined to, well, myself and my family declined to uh, renew our seats for Iowa this year because prices went up so high. Yeah. How high Um, are they? They were, it's, they essentially doubled. Yikes. I mean, I'll probably, I mean, I might be there. Are you on? Uh, yeah, I've I've got it in my calendar because it's close. It's so close. Uh, I might make you know weekend of it. Um, I mean, it was if if it hadn't doubled in price, I think I would be going. Like yeah. I I get like a slight increase. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd see. I don't care about the concerts. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not there for concerts. Um, you know, I'm there for racing. Uh. Yeah, well, that's how I feel, too. And, that, like, the racing doesn't change at all. Like, it's the same amount of racing as last year. The I think the musical acts are a lot better, and that is kind of how they justified raising the prices. Yeah. But I think uh, that's what they're doing. With, they're doing NASCAR here in Chicago. Tickets to get in are 270 for GA. That's crazy. It is insane. But they're like, oh, you can see chain smokers. You can see, like, these three other bands that... <laughs> other people care about that i don't um it is amazing to me that people like go to see the chain smokers i mean i get it uh kind of you know if you got if you got your band you got your band but well, uh, yeah but like i can't i I just can't comprehend like it, the to be the type of person that goes to see i'm just not that type of person and i can't like put myself outside of my own body and mind <laughs> i've i've met people you know i've met big maroon five fans i um, I can get into maroon five i get that <laughs> um yeah you're it you're a chain smoker hater man um and that's fine they're not my cup of tea either but i'm not gonna knock people for it uh you know well no i'm like if you love the chain smokers by all means go see the chain smokers i guess w- what i don't understand is how that many people love the chain <laughs> Love the chain smokers. I don't get how it connects to NASCAR. Uh, <laughs> and to be honest, I don't know if I'll go to the NASCAR race in my own city because of the price point. Um, oh, two seventy for GA ticket is ridiculous. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. And I've it's... Been, I've been trying to find people who live downtown that I know. I'm like, oh, do you you know you got an apartment with a view or something? Nothing. Not really. You got to. I mean, to live where those yeah, people are down in the loop. Yeah. It, well, it's like, it's not even that. It's like Grant Park, like well, Buckingham yeah, yeah. Falcon. It's like real money. Um, <laughs> yeah, Lakeview so, downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's tough. It's just not. It's just not. I don't have those connections, you know. Um, Unfortunate. Yeah. Well, maybe by the time uh, the race rolls around in early July, I will. But who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine that'll be a totally spectacular race. We'll see, but. Yeah, um, Detroit. I know they're doing some free tickets. Like General Mission, I think is basically free for the Detroit IndyCar race this year. Um, they're moving it from Belle Isle to like downtown Detroit. Um, 
which we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's going to be a totally different track. I'm not sure, you know, how it's going to race, but it is cool to see. I mean, from that report from Marshall Pruitt that people are seemingly excited about it. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's encouraging to hear that attendance is improving in several kind of, yeah, in several places. And they mentioned that Barber had their best attendance in several years too. Um, earlier this month. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, like if you had to choose between better TV ratings or better attendance, what would you pick? Oh man. Well, if I was a, uh, I I guess not necessarily what would you pick, but like, what do you think is better? Better for the sport is probably, uh, attendance, I guess. I know that kind of counteracts my argument earlier with the blackout, uh, <laughs> but, but I, it, you know, um, obviously you want both, but mm-hmm. the more people who are like, you know, you're trying to build a generation of fans. Uh, mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. Yeah. The more people who are watching it live, interacting with the cars, interacting with the crowd, that mm-hmm. is something that is sustainable in comparison to watching it at home on the couch. Yeah. Uh, you know, some, I don't think you can truly appreciate it on the couch. Um, yeah, to the same extent, unless you've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's true for me, at least. Uh, it's the same thing for me when I, you know, this most recent Star Wars convention was over in England. Mm-hmm. Um, had I not been to previous Star Wars celebrations, I wouldn't understand, you know what i'm watching or yeah kind of the feeling that you get you know you can almost you can almost connect to the crowd through the tv if Mm -hmm. you've been there yeah um so yeah i i think it's you got to create those in-person moments for me it's almost like a like what came first chicken or the egg thing because like i totally agree with everything you said but also like tv ratings drives the money (laughs) so so like you're not going to have races if they aren't getting a good TV audience because no one's going to pay to show it to people. And mm-hmm. if no one's paying to show it to people, people aren't going to hear about it and no one's going to go to the track. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I well, mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely encouraging that people are going, but I guess in my ideal world, and I'm sure everyone's ideal world, both would be going up at the same time. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, they definitely should both be going up uh, mm-hmm. right you would think there's some sort of correlation but yeah if i have to pick one i'm gonna pick attendance because i think that's gonna be really really sustainable yeah you you think about it and like the people that are lifelong fans are the people that went to the tracks like went to the track when they were a kid or when they were young or have just gotten into it that way or when they were you know 26 or whatever it was <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, the first time at the track, that's a that's a life altering experience. I remember pretty much every moment. Um, yeah. and you I mean, that's impressive because you you were housing some beers there for a little while, yeah. No, I mean, I was also trying to not die because it was really <laughs> hot out, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. There, it's just spe- it's special, man. There's yeah, always, it is. Something special about being there. 
And, cool. you know, I hope that we can run into some listeners sometime maybe, or just yeah. some good fans and come back here and talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to be out at Indy uh, 500, or if you're going to be in the Indianapolis area in the next few weeks, feel free to reach out to us at 16 street pot at Gmail, one six street pot at Gmail. You can even tweet at us one six street pod. You can follow us on Twitter there too. And, you know, maybe we post some pictures. Hey, we're grabbing beer. Hey, we're, you know, near the merch stand. Um, you know, you you want to reply to that tweet and we're there. We'll buy you beer. Um, <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. You're not going to be there yeah, this weekend. Okay. AJ won't buy you beer <laughs> this weekend, but I, you know, I might buy you beer next weekend. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for listening to the 16th Street Scanner. Please make sure to leave a review if you're so kind and subscribe. And just to give a quick shout out to Penny Wishes uh, for providing the intro and outro music. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Bye. Three, two, one. Who's gonna win it?